I'm Katherine Yazzie, and you're listening to It's Okay to Love Yourself, a podcast that exists to give you a permission slip to love and accept yourself exactly as you are. Through casual conversations, we'll learn from those on their own journeys to loving themselves and uncover the impact it's had on their lives. We'll also examine the systems such as diet culture that exists to keep us stuck in self-loathing. So come on, we're all on this journey together. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is episode two of It's Okay to Love Yourself. We were doing more. (laughs) Um, I am so excited to share this conversation that I had with my friend Sarah Gaines. Uh, I spoke with Sarah about a week ago and funny story, but right after I spoke with Sarah, my cell phone just completely died. Um, I had dropped it a month or so ago and, you know, it's a pandemic, so I can't, I couldn't go to Apple to get anything fixed. Um, and so I think it just finally decided that enough was enough and it, it needed to be replaced. Um, so I was without a phone all this weekend and I finally got the replacement in, which was very helpful because I use an app on my phone to edit and put together the podcast. It, it for some reason, doesn't work on desktop. So I just decided to wait, take a little breather from Instagram. And now I'm back. Um, but yeah, I talk about this a little bit uh, in the in the episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But Sarah is someone who I've known for a little over a year now. Um, I actually hired her to be a coach of mine last year when I was going through a bit of a transitionary time period. I I had left a job and taken some time off to travel alone and really think about, you know, what was important to me, what I wanted to do. And when I got back from traveling, I just felt like it would be very helpful to have someone who could kind of broaden my horizons and help me think a little bit more critically around like what was the life that I that I wanted to have and um you know just just kind of give me new things and perspectives to think about and Sarah was incredible for that um it was just very helpful during a time where I didn't have a lot of structure outside of like applying to jobs and interviewing. It was very great to have uh, weekly meetings with Sarah and be able to have some accountability and and have, um, you know, little kind of self self focused homework assignments um, to do really thinking and and uh, think about my ideas. And it's interesting because a year ago. I was just starting to think about this idea for this podcast and, um, you know, I think, frankly, the thought I'm still thinking about right now of like, one day do I want to be self-employed and, you know, work for myself and have that flexibility? Um, And a lot of those questions today, I still don't have answers to, but back a year ago, I was definitely... (laughs) very much still in that point of like, oh my God, I, this is overwhelming. I don't really know what I want. 
Um, so yeah, it was very helpful to work with Sarah and just learn from her. Uh, one thing that, you know, we talked about quite a bit when we were working together and, and the reason I wanted to have her on is I just think she's such a fierce advocate for self-love. And I think her story, um, is very similar to mine in terms of being very focused on like her body and and her appearance. And again, I think that's something that a lot of people who are listening to this can relate to. So, um, yeah, I think you guys will really like it and learn a lot. I hope, um, aside from sort of her journey to self-love, she talks a lot about, you know, finding joy through movements, um, something that she helped me tap into on my own. Um, and we also, I told her when I emailed her, I was like, let's go full woo and talk about all the, all the spirituality stuff that, uh, that she's into right now. And, um, you know, I'm maybe secretly, not so secretly really into astrology and, and I have a tarot deck and just all these different things that I think can be such great tools for teaching us about ourselves. They're not like things that predict the future or, you know, scary things like that. But um, I, I find that they're more helpful for like thinking through things and teaching you things about yourself. Um, So yeah, it was fun to have this conversation with her. I hope you all really enjoy it and tune in soon for episode three. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to finally catch up with you and have you on. Uh, It is. I like the smile in my face is hurting me with the best (laughs) kind of pain. So I'm really glad to be here. Yes. Good. Um, Well, we can, I guess, jump right in. Um, I met you last year in 2019. Um, and you were actually my coach for a while. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, just for people who don't know you? Sure. Um, well, hello, everybody. If we've never met before, so nice to meet you. My name is Sarah Gaines, Sarah Joy Gaines, and I am a, I'm a movement teacher. I am a sort of life coach and spirituality coach, really helping people tap into their inner voice cultivate self-love, create the things that they want to create, and essentially just move through life in a way that feels loving and a little bit blissful, and in ultimately a way that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I remember last year, I, I think I met you through an event of Carol Lennon's and like started following you on Instagram, and I remember just like watching your stories and your Instagram, and I was like, damn, that girl is like, living her life and it's just so like I just felt that like radiation of she's doing what she loves to do and you know you are an entrepreneur I was just always like so uh I just like so looked up to the fact that you were willing to kind of go out there on your own and put yourself out there and do those things and so um that was what really drew me to you and I'm and I think when we started talking and started working together we talked a lot about self-love and I think the point where I was a year ago was really at that point of like I know intellectually that like 
I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost at that point where I'm yeah. like fully kind of beyond those feelings of fear and self-doubt, but I was still in it and I was really still just trying to get resources to help me break through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, and I know we like nerded out all the time talking about, <laughs> talking about how much we, how important like self-love is for everyone yeah. to have and how everyone's journey is different. Um, and so it's, it's like full circle to be here and I'm pumped for you to share your story. So then yeah. it's an honor to be here and to be part of that circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you were one of the first people I told about it and you were like, hell yeah, do it. And I remember being like, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> and here we are. I will. Yes. And here we are. <laughs> so I guess to start off, um, tell me a little bit about your, like, how did you kind of come to be aware of like self-love as a, as a theory, as something mm. that you incorporated into your life? It's a great question. And I am trying to really pinpoint back when did self-love as a concept Mm. come into my life. Um, And I think what comes to mind most is really the the pivotal point of really it started with body love and body appreciation Mm -hmm. because I was suffering so greatly with poor body image and poor self-talk, which all, all, all related back to my body. From Mm -hmm. the time that I was eight years old, which was when the first time I went on a diet and Mm -hmm. tried every which way from the ages of eight to 20 to to change my body in the hopes that it would bring me some sort of level of satisfaction, perhaps some sort of attention from guys and and went through so many extreme measures. And it was my, um, my sophomore year of college where I had started working with a trainer in the bodybuilding industry. And I got really, really heavily into that sort of fitness and ended up losing more weight than I ever knew that I could imagine. I got this, you know, body that I always wanted, abs, the whole nine. And sure, I I now had this body, but it totally, totally um, messed with me mentally. And yeah, it was just this constant need of like always, you know, be, I was obsessive. It just controlled my life of what did I look like today? Like literally would wake up every single morning, put my hands on my belly and say, do I have abs yet? That was my talk track. And I maybe after about like six or nine months of that ultimately came to a point where I kind of just recognized, um, wow, this is ruling my life in a little bit of a way. And I, what really brought me to to come to that was hearing about the phrase moderation. And that was a new phrase to me because I had been so used to this very like portioned out food, exercise, all these things, very restricted. I'm hearing about moderation. And with that started recognizing, oh, wow, like I'm actually quite obsessed with this and it's, you know, controlling so many facets of my life. And that's when I really started writing about um, moderation and mindset and ultimately was just sort of sharing my journey through it. It's interesting because, you know, I had been given essentially this like recipe, yeah. recipe for success, I say in quotations, a lot of them, <laughs> of yeah. like this meal plan to follow, this exercise plan to follow. And it was this restricted plan that was getting me to this perfect body that I wanted. And so therefore... I became so reliant on this plan and the person who had given me the plan, my coach and everything else in my life fell short of that because I was, 
I was labeling the result, which was the body that I was getting as this level of perfection and satisfaction. So it, if yeah. I wasn't going to make it to the gym or if I was going to be eating out at a restaurant, you know, I would look at the menu beforehand, would get in, you know, like yeah. arguments <laughs> with my mom about like, well, we can't go there because I can't get chicken and salad. If I, like, you know, just like, yeah. like crazy things. And I would say that's probably where my self-love story stems back to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can so a hundred percent relate like eight to maybe like 28 for me, mm -hmm. <laughs> like going through that cycle of yeah. my body is what gives me worth and mm. it's not perfect quote unquote. And it, because of that, no matter what I tried to seek outside of myself, it, I just felt like it could never happen. All these things, it could never happen for me. And, yes. but it was so hyper-focused on just your body. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, so during that time period when you were really in it, you said it was like totally ruling your life. Like what, what did that look like for you? And so there's, you know, this almost fog that I was living through of, of this dedication to, to the result. And, you know, I think, of course, in terms of goals and things like that, there, there is value in that. But, yeah. but when I was in it, I was so in it and so focused and so dedicated. And, you know, if, no, this is my plan. I have to stick to it. In this case, it was so detrimental to my mental health. And then once I, I got to this, this a peak point of my body, um, which when I ultimately competed in a bodybuilding competition and I got down to the smallest that I ever was, which was 98 pounds, my God. every ounce of fat that I put back on my body, which was so necessary for functioning, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was just looking at myself and berating myself for, for looking fat and, you know, not having the body that I wanted. And it was just my, my perception was so skewed. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started really doing work on, on self-love and body love because self-love mm -hmm. and body love, in my opinion, are really two separate things. Our bell that ourselves live inside body is just this, you know, this hundred percent. And I think at least for me, when I was so, it was interesting because like, I feel like I was so obsessive with my body, but I wasn't connected to it. If that, yes. really, is that, if that sounds familiar to you, like uh -huh. I was obsessed with it, but at the same time, I wasn't allowing myself to like be in it. I was just trying to control it. Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, I, I'll speak for me and yeah. you know, you could share your experience, but it's, you know, because we had, I had this image of this perfect body, right. And I was yep. just trying to force my body to look that way. I then did become disconnected from my own body. Mm -hmm. So it's just this whole convoluted doesn't even make sense, but we get so caught up in wait, but it needs to be this thing instead of wow. And I think one thing that I sticks out in my mind of when we were working together is you would always say like, you know, we are so much more than just our body. And I think oh. that speaks to two, it's two different things. Yes. Um, and if you give yourself that space in the room to figure out who you are, that isn't what you look like. That right. I think is so powerful and has helped me develop some space between the voice in my head that's like, oh man, what's like, what does your body look like today? Mm -hmm. Like it didn't look like this X years ago. Like what's right. going on? And it's like, right. no, that's, that's not who I am. It's what 
I physically look like, but that's not everything. 100%. And what I always think about too, is that our bodies naturally shift. Look at all this that I have change over time, right? Like our skin changes, our hair changes, all of these things just naturally occur. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could just release the attachment of needing it to be the certain thing, we'd give ourselves so much more space to your point of just embracing who we are and then letting ourselves use our bodies as the tools for experience that I believe they, they've been gifted to us for. I want to go back to something you said about learning about the term moderation and Mm. working sort of to shift your approach to your body around from this like regimented strict program to this moderation. Yeah. How did you, cause I think I I'm trying to sort of do a similar thing and it's yeah. taken a long time. What had helped, what helped you get there? You mentioned, you know, sharing that journey. What specifically mm-hmm. do you think was useful? Meditation and affirmations are the two biggest things that got me out of that place and have stuck with me and only enhanced where I'm at Mm. today. And, you know, the meditation for one thing, for simple awareness and to become aware of my thoughts, to start to notice when, you know, when I am finding myself having thoughts that are restricting or self-loathing or all these things. And then the affirmations as a way of shifting that, of saying, okay, well, now I know what I have been thinking. Well, what do I want to believe instead? Because mm-hmm. all of our thoughts, everything that we speak to ourselves, we're affirming it as truth. Mm-hmm. Affirmations help to come in and, and help to rewire that. Those were the, the two biggest things that I really started practicing a lot of was meditation and affirmation. And the meditation also started to, to bring it into moderation. The way that that played out for me was allowing me to start to practice mindful eating. And really sitting with my food and taking a moment to appreciate it and think about where did this food come from that it got its way all the way here onto my plate and it's about to make its way into my belly. And what is it going to do for me (laughs) when I eat it? And, you know, how can I make this, you know, make this experience of eating, of nourishment, um, the most enjoyable and meaningful. And, and now, you know, I, I sometimes call my meals ceremonies of nourishment, um, <laughs> which is just like an added thing that I've started doing recently. But, but really, I, I remember um, having a moment because I, I was so um, stuck in the restriction of eating. What would end up happening is that when I was given a cheat meal by my coach, um, I would mm. just binge. Mm. Binge, 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 binge. Um, because it was like, you know, all other times of the day, I could only eat this certain portion thing. And then when I was given the freedom, quote unquote, to eat whatever I want, quote unquote, yep. it was just let me eat everything until I felt sick and would have to make myself throw up because yeah. I felt so sick from eating so much. And um, so in terms of meditation, and how that started to help me play a role in mindful eating is that I could really start to enjoy my food and, and start to, to let myself experiment with eating outside of my meal plan and start mm-hmm. to let the food and notice it as it comes into my body and how am I actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And I have a memory that sticks out so much of eating breakfast with my mom out at a restaurant and 
eating only like half of my plate and then putting the fork down and pushing it away and saying, oh, I'm done and being so proud of myself in that moment. And I think mm-hmm. that's another thing that's really important along this journey is allowing yourself the space to be proud of yourself and mm-hmm. to celebrate because those are huge. They're like little check marks that you unlock on the way to, to release of attachment and um, sort of like celebration of self. Yep. Yeah, I think, I mean, right now I have a lot of, I think a lot of us have more time and we're home. And I remember years ago, like being just so controlled by food and waking up and it was like, what am I going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Like, what's my next meal going to be? And, and then, you know, I started doing keto and then it became about how long can I go without eating? And like this intermittent fasting and just how much can I push myself? And so it's now what I'm trying to work on is, I get up, I have water, coffee, and then I wait until I feel hungry. And sometimes it's right away. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not for a little while, yep. but it's, I'm trying to shift from like waiting until a time that can allow me to eat from like, yes. what do I feel? Like, do I feel hungry right now? Right. Um, and that right. has been, it's taken a while to reprogram though. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it was so habitual. It was like my, my eating window was between you know, two to 8 PM. And it's just crazy. Like trying right. to shift out of that has, that has taken me a good eight, 10 months, taken a very long time. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's important for us all as we are moving through these journeys to, I think, share the length of time that yeah. it takes <laughs> because these are habits and mindsets that we've often been living by yep. for a huge chunk of our life. Yep. And so it's, yeah, that, that time and, you know, again, like celebration of moments to be proud of, I think is huge. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think it takes so long too. I think what I hear a lot in your story is just like that external permission and then shifting that to your own self, giving you permission. Yes. And yes. like, that's, that's what I hear a lot from what you just walked us through. And then for myself, I think that's what I'm trying to do too, is like, I'm not seeking someone to tell me that this is going to work for me. I want to like listen to myself and feel confident in myself knowing that, yep, this is, this food is going to make me feel good. That's why I'm eating it. Not because it has this nutritional makeup or uh, someone on Reddit said that this was a good (laughs) meal, you know? Right. Right. And that takes a while to, to trust yourself. I think that's the biggest thing I'm working on right now is just that sense of self-trust and like Mm. trusting your body as well, that your body knows what to do with food. Exactly. (laughs) And I I mean, it all goes back, like everything you're saying for me is screaming back to this point of just the disconnection that so many of us have had to our bodies. It could tell us everything. I mean, think about animals. They don't they don't talk. They don't do that. They just yeah. move how they, how they move. They eat when they need to eat. We are that way too. But because of all these other beautiful elements of being human, we, <laughs> we often get lost in, in all of that and get away from our bodies. And I think there's so much information once we start to tap back in. And again, that's why meditation is also has been really allow myself to feel sensations and, and start to notice what's coming up, what's stored where, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who is, you know, maybe they've heard people talk about meditation, they've heard about yeah. affirmations, yeah. but there's someone who I think, like I was a couple of years ago, was 
afraid to go there and felt mm-hmm. like, oh, this is awkward and uncomfortable to do? Like, what advice do you give people who are just stepping their toe in that water? The first question would be, what is the fear? Mm. And what exists on the opposite side of it? Mm -hmm. And I think allowing yourself to sit down and take the time to really let yourself answer those questions can sometimes be all it takes. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. And because how often is, is fear holding us back? And Mm -hmm. I would even venture to say that it's, if, if you're being held back by something, it is because of fear. There's, there's something there. And so what is it? Um, and what exists on the other side of it? And then why is it important Mm -hmm. for you to move past it? And ultimately it all comes down to having a bit, an important why that is meaningful for you. And so, I mean, you could take that in any situation and maybe, you yeah. know, maybe you don't want to explore, but what happens if you do, what could that do for you? I think ultimately too, just another thing that I'd add on is just recognizing that there are so many different kinds of modalities out there in terms of, of meditation, mindfulness, connection to body. And so, and there are so many teachers and ultimately it's just about finding what works for you with anything. Ultimately, our bodies know everything. So I would say just recognize your why and then start to experiment and, and start to find what, what feels good and know that it's going to be uncomfortable. Growth yeah. is uncomfortable. But when you have your why so clear, it makes the uncomfortability okay, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's so real and, and like the thought that keeps coming up for me during this whole experience is just how I think we're learning as a society, how much there's really no such thing as one size fits all. And Uh (laughs) like, we're all going through our own experiences, trying to figure out and, and, you know, kind of facing what's happening around us, but the way that we're all dealing is different and that's normal. That's okay. Um, And I think that, 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 I just hear that so much and it's all about you. It's not what generic advice. I think that's so awesome that you, you kind of throw the question back around. Like <laughs> it's, it's something about you that is holding you back. And so only you can unlock that for yourself. A fucking men. And I mean, that's <laughs> kind of like the premise of everything that I practice within myself that I work with my clients on, or even just in the classes that I teach is take away everything you've been told you need to do. What do you feel you yeah. want and need to do? And that's the, the connection to the inner voice. And then yeah. having the strength and the power to go out and do it and know that there are going to be people who, who are going to say like, well, you know, you should be doing this instead. And it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe, but this is what I want to do. So that's what I should be doing. Yeah. Uh, that I like resonate with that so much right now as I have a million thoughts around like what I want to do with my life. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. But Yeah. One day at a time, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And I think, you know, the biggest question to, to just ask yourself is how do I want to feel? Mm. How do I want to feel? And what's one thing I can do every single day to step into that feeling? Mm-hmm. Love that. I want to shift a little bit to talk about finding joy through movement. I think that's mm-hmm. something that you talk about all the time on your Instagram um, I'd love for you to talk about joy flow. Yeah. Um, 
we were talking before this about how you encouraged me to dance and <laughs> how it took me some time to get there. Um, but yeah, how, and you mentioned at the beginning, you know, movement, you, mm -hmm. you kind of coach people through movement. Tell us about that. Ah, movement. What a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know, to, to go back to, I think, something that I said before is that our bodies give us the capability to do so much, to experience not only the world and be able to walk through it, if we're given the opportunity to walk, but to feel, to feel sensation and mm -hmm. to, to use our bodies to step into a certain way that we want to feel. And that's the way that I think about movement. And where that really started for me was in my more like hardcore fitness days, both with bodybuilding on my own, but then even as I was teaching group fitness, Whereas the physical strength that we can feel while working through those movements, whether they're high intensity, strength building, that, that strength will transcend into emotional strength and confidence. And so that's where it started for me. And then as I got further along in my, my self-love expansion journey and my spiritual journey and recognizing, well, what is it that I want to step into? Okay, mm -hmm. I have the strength, I've got the confidence, but now I'm looking for more freedom of self and softness and sensuality and femininity. And so how can I begin to embody that in my movements? And at some point in time, I don't really remember when it was, it must have been about like two and a half years ago, which is like when I really started stepping in more into my spiritual path. And I just started, I just started dancing more I, and I don't know where it came from. And I remember at some point thinking like, you know, when people always say like, yeah, just dance around your apartment by yourself. And like, I hadn't ever really done that. And then yeah. I had a moment where I was like, oh, I get why people say that now. <laughs> it's just like fun. <laughs> And yeah. the more I started doing that, the more just joy I started to feel within myself, the more I started to recognize the power that my parents had when they named me with the middle name Joy, that that was never <laughs> a purpose. Um, and, and really, yeah, just started making it something that was so much a part of my routine and just something that was critical for my um, for my well-being and my, my feeling good. And I had started one thing that I, that I really started to do a few years ago. And this taps into like connecting with your body and mindfulness and everything is on days where I found myself like in a funk or in a not good mood, thinking back to, okay, well, like, what did I do today? How did I move my body today? And then vice versa. So on days that I felt really good, what did I do? And I started noticing a direct correlation between dancing and finding joy through my movement in like working through funks or, or anything like that. And then, you know, I think I started, um, that, then I just like started, I think naturally because I was doing it more, started inviting more dancing into my life in other ways. So daybreaker morning dance party started to become really prominent in my life. And um, just started to go see, started to see live music more, um, and just started to continue to step into that. And yeah, ultimately, um, about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, uh, my joy flow class kind of started, it came to head. It wasn't anything that I ever planned to create, but really, um, for really using our bodies as this 
tool, this vehicle through this journey of self-exploration through strength, freedom, confidence. It was like I was taking all of the, the aspects of movement that I have found to be beneficial and put it into one. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing about joy flow is um, the ability uh to use our bodies to release what we want to release, what's not serving us, and then to to use our bodies to then cultivate what we do want to release. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a really, really fun process as it as it's evolved, as I've evolved, and um, to sort of see people evolve along with it too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I think for me, like, I had always been a person who would put music on in the morning, but then uh-huh. pushing myself out of my comfort zone to start moving my body. And I think for me, the block was like, Oh my, just feeling good in my body was something yes. that I never let myself do. And I, I felt mm. like I couldn't have that. And I think like there was some like shame around moving my body, like unapologetically and dancing yes. and like breaking yes. through that has been like, wow, it does feel really, uh-huh. it's so fun. And like, who the fuck cares what I look like right now? Like <laughs> it's exactly. not for anyone, you know? Exactly. And, you know, to go back to the point of, you know, doing what we should be doing or, or living a certain yeah. way, there's a direct correlation to the way we move in that aspect. Because oftentimes what's coming up is when I'm guiding and saying, you know, start to just let your body react, move intuitively. There's so much hesitancy. And that's what I really start to say, okay, well, notice your thoughts. What's coming up right now? And oftentimes, and I know this was for me personally, of like, well, I don't want to look weird. I don't want to, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a little embarrassed for what I might look like, but to your point, if it feels good for you, that's all that needs to matter. As long as you're not hurting anybody else along the way, but in fact, you're likely just going to inspire them to do the same. And imagine if we just all moved through life doing the things that we loved, what could that look like? Yeah. Ugh, I'm getting so hyped right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. One thing, one of my favorite spin teachers, she would always say like, it's not what it looks like, it's what it mm. feels like. Amen. And I think that's so great because so many times when you show up to a group fitness class, all you're thinking about is how do I look? What do I look like compared to other people? Yes. Um, yes. Like for a while, I was like, oh my God, I can't ride in the front row because like, I'm like, I'm like a plus size person. Like people mm-hmm. are going to judge me. And mm. just, I think like that reminder of no one's here. Like you're not here. You shouldn't be here to just compare your body to other people's bodies. Right. You should be here right. because it feels good to you. And right. you want to leave feeling better. Right. Um, right. So, and I th- yeah. I think for me, what that brings up is going back to this concept of how much we have been focused on our body and what it looks like, as opposed to just the self that lives inside it. Because ultimately, we're just these, you know, these bodies that all arrived in the same space. And if we just take away all that and move into the energy, it's like, no, we were all just guided here for the same reason. No one really cares what you look like. You just want to feel good. And I relate so much to what you were talking about, about how movement can help you release and let go of things and uh-huh. bring your awareness to different thoughts. I, I personally know that like a few years back, I would go to the spin class like every Saturday and every Sunday. And there'd be multiple times in that last song where I'm like, why the fuck am I crying? Like, what is <laughs> oh my God. Like, I was just like processing so much oh my stuff God, after yes. like sprinting. And then I've been doing yoga at home and that like last 10 minutes of Shavasana, I'm like, Mm -hmm. all these ideas just start flooding my brain. And like, my body is just in such a calm state. And like, I've just become just so addicted to that feeling. And, Mm -hmm. and 
I'm learning that like slowing down is actually good for, (laughs) for me. And you can allow so much more feeling to happen, but like noticing it while it's happening. Mm -hmm. And just, that's what has always been just so remarkable to me is like in those environments when I've been moving, like whether it's like high intensity or not, like just how that can like open up something in your mind that you never knew was there. I think that's so powerful and, and just so cool about mm-hmm. humans. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, how can, yeah. How does your movement right now, how is that showing you a piece of your relationship with something else? Right. It's like, yeah. you know, if you were to go down and like stand in a squat for like two minutes and your legs are starting to burn, like what's your, what's your mind saying? Like, how is that showing you your relationship with, with struggle or, or uncomfortability to go back to our point before? And yeah. how can you work through this and what will that show you for the rest of your life? Yep. Yeah. Aside from movement, what other tools and spiritual practices, you mentioned meditation, you mentioned mm-hmm. affirmation. What are you into these days that's helping you connect with yourself and deepen that self-love? Uh, what am I into these days? Uh, <laughs> I am into getting into nature a mm. lot, um, which I haven't really had so much of the opportunity to do when I was in Boston, but being out here, you know, in the woods has been really, really healing for me. I'm just walking there and and asking the trees, what do you have to tell me today? Mm. You know, and just letting whatever comes up, come up and be truth. So that's been one thing. Um, I've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of spiritual healing, a lot of energy healing. I'm working with a few people one-on-one for that. Um, doing, you know, different chakra balances and having my cards pulled, astrology readings, like really just tapping deep into that because that's Mm. what I connect with. And, um, you know, really deepening my meditation practice with that. I think one of the best things that I'm really loving from working with all of these people is not only then like having the sessions with them, but taking what I'm learning or experiencing with them and then expand, expand, expanding upon it on my own. Um, so I've just even increased my own meditation practice for long, way longer periods of time. And um, with that sort of like releasing a lot of past narratives, past traumas, things that are like actually stored in my body. And mm-hmm. um, so that's been really huge. A lot of writing. I've been doing a ton of writing, a little bit of making music, which has been fun. A lot of singing. I'm tapping back into singing, which was something that I've, that I've always done and sort of had left in the wayside for a bit. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, but nature, stillness, to your point of stillness, um, a lot of that. I've been doing way less, um, way less activity and really just, just tuning inwards. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, so you mentioned astrology. I'm super into it as well. Um, tell me about your chart. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't know too much about it, truth be told, but you know, I, my son is in Virgo, my moon is in Gemini and my rising is Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of, I was in Costa Rica right before this 
all happened. First I was, um, I was on a retreat and then the second week I was uh, teaching at a festival and I became really good friends with, um, with an astrologer there. And so she did my whole birth chart and she's a soul astrologist. So she takes you back to your past lives and sort of like what you're meant to be doing here on this, in this life. And, you know, for me, there was a lot of movement that came up and just sort of like spreading light and love and, and a a lot of focus on love and in my children (laughs) and how in my past lives, there's always been elements of like leading or healing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that all felt very, very fitting. Um, I learned I'm a sh- I was a shaman in a past life. Oh, which wow. makes a lot of sense to me. Um, <laughs> so I've been stepping into that energy. <laughs> um, and yeah, like intelligent love was the, is sort of what's popping up in my mind of what I had written down. And it's just, you know, and the biggest thing that I had learned from Heidi, who, who um, is, is my friend who does it is, you know, I asked her to describe it to me and it's ultimately, it's, it's a tool of learning yeah. about yourself and what you want to step into and what feels right. Um, and for me, that connection to past self, um, feels really right. I did, I, um, one of my clients that I work with, she's a medium and a channeler. And so she did a big energy healing for me. And, um, what came up in, you know, some of my past lives came up where, you know, I was a witch, which also feels right for me, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like you hear things and you're like, oh, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, so that's been really, been really interesting. Um, and just kind of connecting with, with spirit and asking, what do you have to teach me? What do I need to know right now? And just trusting. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like, you know, these are all different tools that you can use uh-huh. to like, I, I, you went exactly where I wanted you to go. Is it just, <laughs> these ways to learn more about yourself and it's, and you can feel those out and say, oh yeah, this, you know, this resonates, this doesn't, but like, you can just follow that, that path of, oh, that's interesting. Like that, Mm -hmm. that feels right. And I think whenever I, you know, look at or read about something about astrology or recently, I just um, found out about human design. I don't know if you've heard about Mm. that, Yeah. but like, I've, I've always been obsessed in college. Um, I learned, you know, Myers-Briggs and strength finders at work and yeah. all these different tools to learn about myself and how, how I think it's, it's half like how you're conditioned to behave and communicate and do these things and what you're drawn to. But then also I feel like there's those, those more intuitive, this is part of like what you're here to do. And yeah. that's been the coolest for me is when it's like, oh yeah, that actually, like, that feels right to me. That feels right. And like, gives me that confidence to take the next step in something that right. seems scary. Right. <laughs> Such as this. So yeah. And, and you know, and I think to, to bring it back to connection to body, connection to self meditation, it's like, okay, that feels right. There, there's a pull there in my body that, that feels right. But then what are my thoughts about it? Mm-hmm. And are those thoughts truth or are they fear or are they skepticism based on what I should be doing? love that. Um, you mentioned journaling, which I've been doing a lot of as well. Do yeah. you have a specific journaling practice? Um, what does that look like to you? My journaling flows. Um, I have a few different practices that I kind of shift between. The first one that I'll share is a practice that I'll do after my morning meditations, which is for one thing, just anything that 
came up during that mm-hmm. that I feel worth noting. And then the main purpose for that journal is really a reflection of gratitude, intention, love, and manifestation. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's one thing that I do, um, you know, to appreciate what I'm grateful for and know that when I do appreciate, that's when more things come in and, Mm -hmm. you know, the intention setting of what is it that I want? What am I intending to do? Actually getting that from my mind onto paper is really the first step in making that the physical formation, that, that manifestation. And so that's one thing. Another one that I do, um, is just stream of consciousness, free flow writing. So that's one way that allows me to really, really tap into connection with myself. It's something that I'll do if I find myself in like a funky or a weird mood. It's like, let me just sit down and write out all my thoughts. So that's another one. And then the last one that I'll share is, well, actually, no, I have two more that I'll share. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one is journaling on a specific question. So mm-hmm. just like I had, you know, I had shared a few questions earlier. It's like, okay, what am I, what am I working through? What do I want to sort of like crack open or step into? And what is a question that I have about that? Um, and so like writing out that question and then just letting my response come. But again, letting my response always be from a form of stream of consciousness, free flow, not getting caught up in what I think about what I'm writing and just letting it come out. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, which is kind of an offshoot, of the question is visualization writing. And this is more in terms of like the manifestation. So what is the life that I crave? What is the love and the romantic partnership I crave? And just letting my mind go and sitting for 20 minutes and just journal, journal, journal. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and just letting that be, be truth. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Journaling is huge. Yeah. And I'll, I'll share on that. Why journaling is so huge is for me personally, almost everything that I've ever written has come to life in some way, shape, or form mm. in terms of so opportunities, cool. wishes, hopes, like writing it down and then looking back and being like, oh shit, that happened. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, for me, I have so many thoughts going on in my head at all times. It's been such a powerful tool to like force my brain to, to slow a little bit and just to get it down on paper and like organize what I'm thinking and get Uh to the root of like where all this like chaos is coming from Uh sometimes. Um, because I'm a talker, like I can talk and talk and talk. And I think in my head, I have my own chatter. That's just like constantly happening. So that has been just really powerful is and and making it a part of my day it's like I'm not perfect at it by any means yeah. but like I try to get up and spend 15-20 minutes with myself just to like write some stuff down like mm-hmm. do my little rituals and and especially now that you know we're all at home so much more yeah. um it's been actually a really great time to start really practicing it and I'm noticing how much better it makes me feel and makes me like just sets up your day um, in, in such a great way that like you started with you. And for me, it's like, I'm prioritizing me yes. for the first time in a really long time. Um, uh, so, how does that yeah. feel? Oh my God. It feels so good, but it's, it's also like, it feels like indulgent weirdly. Cause Ooh. I think that like, 
for so I am very driven by helping people and yeah. in my career um you know I've been managing teams and managing people for the past like four years. So when you're a, a team leader, your life is about your people. Like it's not about you anymore. And I, and I knew uh, that going into it. I wanted that. I was like, I want to develop and grow and succeed. And like, it's very strange to be taken out of um, <laughs> the world where like you exist to help others where no one, you know, I'm helping a few people right now, but like every day it's not this like uh, constant messages or you know people mm -hmm. reaching out because they need something so it's that's what I'm trying to adjust to is like I'm having I have the time and the space to go inward and like really think about me and what I want um but for me it's that's not very natural like I have to be mm -hmm. very intentional with it um but I'm doing it so I'm again I'm like super yeah. excited and proud of myself for doing yeah. it and uh practicing getting better making it more natural <laughs> Yeah. And I think too, the power of recognizing how doing that will actually make you a better, more compassionate, yeah. empathetic, supportive leader. That's the biggest thing that I've come to realize. And it's, yep. you know, like, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. We've heard of this, but it's like, no, really when I show up fully for myself, I can show up so much more fully for others. So true. So true. And I think like when you're in this go, go, go mentality, um, it's easy to not even recognize that you're not giving from like a full place. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's, that's what I'm noticing too, is just that I feel so much more grounded and like, how could that impact me showing up for people on my team? Like how much better of a, of a manager, like how much more can I listen and, and, and be there and put things together. And so, yeah, it's, it's great to have the space and the time. Um, but the, the work for me is like avoiding the future tripping and just being like, come back to today, Catherine. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And know that all the work that you're doing today is going to support the yep. future, you know? Yep. But all we can do is focus on the here and now. Yep. Yep. So the last question I want to ask you is, um, what is a piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? A <laughs> uh, piece of advice I would give to my younger self. How young are we talking here? Any age <laughs> you want. <laughs> piece of advice I would give to my younger self is think about how you want to feel every single day and do at least one thing every day mm -hmm. that supports you in feeling that way and continue to listen to your inner voice and know that she knows everything. Love it. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Oh, love it. I feel like that question is just, so powerful to me when you think back on like what's that advice that you needed thank you for yeah. sharing thank you for asking yeah <laughs>